0: Welcome, everybody. We're uh, happy to have you here. So thank you for being here. Thank you for our community. Um, all of you prospectors, all of you people that are following us. This is the Red X podcast where we bring amazingly talented people on the show so that you can find stability and opportunity in any market that we're bringing to you. Um, new practices, best practices, and things that you can implement into your business right now. Some, some of you joined for accountability, and are on with us every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's awesome. Hopefully we'll bring some of that to you and and you'll be asking yourself, what can I do better by the end of the show? Some of you come to learn new things. We definitely will have today. There's some really exciting topics we're gonna talk about. And some of you just come to get a boost in your mindset and, and some motivation to get out there and do the hard work. Real estate can be hard. And certainly with COVID, it's been tough out there, but that's why we're doing the show is to. Get through all of this. Now, certainly, this is not um, uh, passive reception won't do on this podcast. It's something you got to participate in. So, do me a favor, and uh, the first thing that we'd ask is let us know that you can hear us. There's technology and internet connection, so if you could post in the comments where you're at, where you're listening from, at least that gives us an idea. And then, I'll, and when the team on the back end gives me a thumbs up, I'll know everything's good to go there. Um, And also grab a piece of paper or a notepad or your iPad or do something where you can take notes. Because, again, we're going to spend 45 minutes together. If you don't walk away with something you can implement into your business right now or if you don't walk away with something that uplifted you or motivated you or did something, then, then it was kind of a waste of time. Then we failed you, and we certainly don't bring people on here to fail you. We bring the best of the best and put them in front of you, which is, brings us to the introduction. Um, Sarah Bernard, thank you so much for joining the show today.
1: So happy to be here, Curtis. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, well, um, I've got, I'm going to let you do an introduction and tell people who you are and where you're from, but, um, and, then, and then I'll jump in and fill in any, because if you undersell yourself, I'll jump in and help, help there. But why don't, why, don't you, why don't you tell the audience where you're from, your market, and, and a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, and my background is really in business. And I I started out in um, consumer products marketing and way back, and I've been in business uh, for several decades. We won't go into all the details there. But real estate really came into my life in 2008, interestingly, um, not as a a real estate agent, per se, but doing um, investment uh, purchasing of, uh, I started with a vacation rental property and I saw an opportunity at a resort where I had a second home. So that was 2008, um, right before, literally a month before the bottom dropped out of our, of our economy and, um, timing you would think would have been terrible, but actually it was really wonderful. We never could have predicted um, the good that comes out of the bad, right? Just like the pandemic right now. And, uh, what happened, this was 2008. And if you remember, um, It was the start of the staycation that word came into our vocabulary back then so having a vacation um, investment property and it was literally i bought it as an investment not to stay there but to rent it out um, to to other families in this uh, resort community about an hour outside of st louis and um, so what happened was people all of a sudden were were canceling their vacations to florida and europe and wherever and driving an hour to to our resort so my one little vacation rental um which was listed on VRBO and HomeAway at the time, became right out of the gate, was very successful and, and paid for itself. So that was 2008. That business then grew and grew. It's very it's a pretty big business for us today, but started with one property, added another one a couple of years later, then started managing other people's properties, all at this one resort. And um, in, back in 2008, Airbnb was really- just a gem of an idea in two young men's uh, minds, living in San Francisco. They were just starting. They these guys were um, living in this apartment. They wanted to. They were designers. They wanted to go to this design conference, and um, they didn't have the money to do that. So they had an extra room and an air mattress in their apartment, and they thought, well, if we could rent that air mattress, we could get enough money. rent it to somebody going to the conference get enough money to go to the conference so that's what they did so airbnb literally when it first started a few couple years later um, you had to have an air mattress to rent in your own home right so the this whole vacation rental industry grew from vrbo and home away which were the market leaders in 2008 to then airbnb taking over so my business um, in real estate started following that path and then got into residential real estate in uh, the very beginning of 2014. So just six years ago. And with the idea that I would not actually work in, in by helping buyers and sellers, but just referring people into the vacation world um, to buy their own second homes. I really did not want to be a real estate agent. I had no interest. I, I really kind of had a bad image in my mind of real estate agents. And so um here I am. And I actually have a big business and a big team today in St. Louis. And um, we're kicking it and super excited and having a ton of fun. And we still have this vacation business, which has taken on a life of its own. So Thank that's you. Me.
0: Thank you so <laughs> much. I, so just for the audience, you, you, one of the reasons why Sarah's here today is because we're looking for relevant topics. We We try to listen to what you're asking and what you're saying. And And there's been a tremendous amount of influx of of real estate investors or or more real estate agents who are looking into the investment world and calling us and asking our sales and support team how we can support those things. And so we were listening to the market, listening to you about what was important to you right now. Um, As we've gone out, maybe some of you can relate to this. It's that COVID made it painfully obvious that when you don't. When sales start to slow down, so does your income. I think that 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 we're hearing that from a lot of agents. Maybe if uh, if that relates to you, let us know in the comments there. Um, but but the other thing is that just made made it also aware of retirement and the exit strategy and what do we do? And of course, this idea of second income and and even in the Facebook group, Sarah, we're seeing a lot of people saying, "Hey, what's your side hustle? Like like what else do you do or where do you invest your money?" And so we thought we would bring you to the market and and talk about this second pillar of income with these vacation rentals and owning them and property management and you own some you manage some and then you built a very large and successful team in 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 residential real estate so you're kind of the example of what a lot of us want to become with with this multiple streams of income and I, I hate to use that term because I think it's overused but in our in our industry it's it's so necessary if we want the life that we got into real estate to achieve
1: yeah and I have to be honest it was somewhat by accident I didn't set out thinking I need multiple streams of income um there's been times along the way that it's been really difficult and you know when my mine, my my role as a team leader and as a real estate agent I'm the listing agent for our team you know so there's some days where I'm spending half my day dealing with Hiring housekeepers and making sure we've got toilet paper and paper towels, I mean, which actually did become a real issue there for a little while. But, you know, so I get pulled in a lot of directions. And along these years, um, I've thought sometimes, am I, have have I got too much going on, too many, uh, too many balls in the air and and, and needing to hire a lot of people to help out and manage. And the vacation rental industry is a low um, margin industry. Very different from real estate. You, it's very, um, there's a lot of moving parts it, and it's uh, it's heavy on the salary side. And, you know, it. it's complicated and it's not, it, I shouldn't, you know, it's complicated, but it's also very, very gratifying. Um, yeah. You're working with people who are on vacation. So that's always a good thing. So, uh,
0: yeah. The, well, don't talk us out of it. I think that you're here to try to, I know, teach us how I, to get I, into
1: it there, Sarah. <laughs> I know I'm sounding a little negative, but I just I just want to be honest that at times when we have multiple streams of income, um, you know we have to you have to be ever more organized, um, planful about your time. Um, you have to be strategic. You have to have really good business plans for both businesses. You have to have the right people in place. And I think so often in the real estate industry, we think we can do it all ourselves. And I see that as a trap that a lot of real estate agents get into. They're not able or willing to give up a little income just to get some help and without you know we i know more than anybody i guess that by hiring it's allowed my businesses to grow and without the people helping me there's absolutely no way we could have grown to the level that we are today and we're not even where i'd like to be you know where we will be even a year from now we're still growing right. and have great sites in mind so um so it's you know i just want to be honest that there's been times that i've thought gosh you know am i doing the right thing but the vacation um, business has really been a feeder to our real estate business, and that's one reason I never gave it up. Because those vacation renters become second home buyers, and the second home market, even right here in Missouri, of all places, is actually a really big business for my my team. So um, we have a little niche there. You wouldn't think, right? But
0: <laughs> well, look back to. I don't think it's there's a difference between being realistic and setting the right expectations than being negative. And, and don't we all wish before we got a real estate license that somebody would have told us that it's, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of us did the math and we're like, man, I got to sell like six homes and this is going to be easy. And it's not, it's a hard business (laughs) and, uh, and there's steep competition. And, so yeah, I think we, we go into things eyes wide open. But what I'm excited about is is that um, it, it, that we're talking about this, especially because of the pre the the short conversation we had before we started the show live here, where you were talking about how how valuable having that vacation rental was to your business during COVID. And, oh my goodness! <laughs> and why don't you talk to us about yeah. that? Because now 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 this this I think is where it starts to get okay, it's hard, but this is why it's worth it. So why is it worth
1: it? Yeah. So I'll tell you exactly what happened. It's actually a really great story. Um, So when COVID happened, so it was what about middle of March, end of March, things were shutting down. I have a college student in New York. His school was one of the first ones to shut down. And all of a sudden he's home, which we thought was only for an extended spring break. Everything was changing pretty quickly, right? I mean, literally day by day. When And so states started shutting down. And um, again, just like in 2008, people's vacations started getting canceled really quickly. And so their vacations, because it was break time, so people's trips to Cancun and Florida, wherever, were getting canceled. And so that's normally a fairly busy time for us. I mean, it's not super busy in March in Missouri and at our vacation rentals, but it's it's okay. Like we usually book most of the properties during that time, but we were, all of a sudden we got, um, we got an influx of demand for people whose vacations were booking. So that felt good, right? And, but then Missouri started to shut down and the governor came out with an order that, um, you know, a stay at home order. And all of a sudden, like within an hour, we were getting calls from our guests saying, should we, um, you know, are we, we going to be able to go to your properties? You know, we didn't know, like I literally went to the state of Missouri website and read the governor's order to understand, are we in business? Or are we not in business? So in the meantime, real estate, I I remember the day I said to the team, we we have an office, we all work out of an office. And I said, we're shutting down the office. We're going to work from home. We're going to Zoom like we've never Zoomed before. We always have used Zoom for years, but now we're going to start doing it every single morning (laughs) with both our vacation rental team and our real estate team. And I said to my real estate team, I want you to take home a list of all of your leads, you, everyone, all of your past clients, all your current buyers, all of your best friends, literally make a list of all of these people, uh, Excel spreadsheet or whatever. And I want you to start a very heavy um, call plan every day. People are gonna be home, start calling them because you know that your business, you're not gonna have a business for a while. We didn't know what it would look like, but I knew that if we stayed in touch with people, that eventually we're going to be okay, but I also if, felt that that if I, could, if I could just
0: jump in there right now, I mean, there's states right now talking about closing back up, right? And right. and so if if I mean that's not the topic of the call, but if people are listening, especially if you're in, you know, some of these states that are talking about. Going backwards and, and closing up again, including California, you got to write that down. I mean, that was a great tip to write down every single lead that you ever had. Come up with a call plan. You know, you've got to do something if you keep in touch. I mean, you just yeah. said it, there. you know.
1: So we are, we're pretty sophisticated in my team. And we have a very robust database CRM system. We do all that stuff but I literally took out a legal patent and hand wrote my list. I had like five pages and there was something about that going back to the basics, literal, literal basics that just felt right at the time. So that is, a, that's a good, good thing to remember. But in any case, um, thinking the residential real estate business is going to be put on hold for a while, maybe gone for the year. I mean, it really felt like this could be it. I thought my buyer agents were going to possibly leave the business um I didn't know what I was going to have left, but in the meantime, this vacation rental business is gearing up, right So typically, the way my two pillars of income work is the real estate carries the 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 uh, the vacation rental business is lower margin, higher costs in terms of people primarily, whereas the real estate um, most of our money is spent um, in marketing, not so much on people except for administrative um, assistance. So the buyer agents being on commission basis, right? So um, so that business typically carries my vacation rental business. There's It's a higher profit margin. All of a sudden, I realized we are gonna have to shift really quickly into how we look at our in, our income stream, how we're gonna pay our bills. So I went to my um, vacation rental team, and I said, it is now your turn to carry this business. And I set a very, very high <clears throat> goal for them in terms of the number of nights um, that they had to book every week and the amount of profit. So my team who never really had looked at profit, so you know I do, but not everyone really paid attention to that. Um, they got educated super quickly. We put together spreadsheets that every night that was booked, they knew, everyone on the team knew exactly to the dollar how much we were making profit-wise on that night yeah. booked, and our properties are different. So some property properties, the percentage that is uh, the the profit percentage varies by by the property. But but now everyone on the team knows exactly uh, which which properties are really in our business. So I went. So it was a Zoom call, and I said, "Okay, you guys, here's my spreadsheet that I put together in like five minutes." I said, you "Need to. Um, this is the amount of money that you need to make every month, which was probably." four times what we normally would make, I would say. Wow. And um, they looked at me like, you are absolutely crazy and there's no way we can do it. And, and they even said, you know, Sarah, do you realize um, we're limited by the calendar? We only have so many nights that we can book. Right. And I said, but you guys are looking at it so short-sighted. You're looking at this month, you know, we can be selling September, October, we can sell next year. There, the calendar is it goes on and on, right? So I said, let's get creative. And at first there was a response to discount, discount our properties just to get them booked. That changed very quickly when we saw how much demand there really was for our properties. So the first month we we came short of our goal. The second month, so the first month was April, I guess. May, that team tripled that high goal that I set there. And June, same thing again. And and it really was a testament to if you set a goal and you make it a very clear goal um, for yourself or for your team, if it's, and, and I'm a believer in putting in a writing, and then you you sit back and you do that work, right? You you don't give up. And my team, they were, most of them were getting paychecks, so they weren't on commission. They felt, a re- first of all, they were grateful for having a job when a lot of people were getting laid off. They didn't want to get laid off. And they felt, um, I think, an allegiance to our business. And so they worked their darn tails off and, um, and they achieved the goal. So it was, it was a testament to the, um, I would say, what we as humans are capable of doing when we have to get it right. done.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's great. The external pressure, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're,
1: and we're now, we are sold out. I mean, you know, it's never been, we were sold out for a couple of months right now and it's never been a literal sellout. And, and there, the the thing is now things are here in a little bit, things are lightening up a little bit. Um, but that momentum that we started hasn't gone away. Um, we are, we have during, because we got super busy, we had to recreate systems Um, at one point, um, we hired a 15 year old to, um, who automated, I mean, this is like hard to believe, but she actually automated some processes that we were doing manually. She was 15 (laughs) and we were just like grabbing people, but they're, you know, these, these teenagers are so sharp and, um, you know, and she, I hired her like kind of ongoing, but she automated herself out of a job in a week. And right. <laughs> so we have interns that have, have worked really hard for us. So it's been it's been really fun. And thankfully, you know, having that other pillar, my goodness, you know, has been a true blessing to the business because it wasn't we never ever lost ground.
0: That's amazing. And then real
1: estate came bounding back and we have a we're known for um we sell regular Suburban and urban homes, we do it all, but about 50% of our business is vacation homes and we're known for that. And the vacation home business here in Missouri went through the roof um, because all of a sudden people needed a place to go. Uh, We started selling lake homes to people who lived in town um, because they said, if we're gonna be working from home or now that we know we can work from home and this might continue or we might want it to continue, I wanna be looking out at a beautiful setting, right? Right. right. <laughs> so people's, you know, vision of what their home should be like um, okay. has changed.
0: I wrote down like a, a thousand things we could talk, talk about, but um, for the sake of, of of who's listening, there's kind of two opportunities that, that you have here because um, you have the business side of managing rental properties. Um, right but you also started this whole thing by buying your own rental property. That's
1: right. Yeah.
0: And, and so talk to me about, about that. Would you recommend that to everybody? I, as again, as we're getting calls and people saying, Mm -hmm. I'm going to invest in real estate, maybe I'm going to wait to see values change. Maybe I need to jump in now. They want to invest because they want another stream of income. Do you recommend vacation rentals as where they should be looking and then
1: well, yeah. I mean, I do, you know, I, I do and I don't. And um, I, for me, it's worked out really well because we had um, a, a place that's a drive within a drive. Well, it's an hour away, literally this resort. And a lot of people from St. Louis will go there. Um, so, and I do really, what, what really has helped me is that at the beginning, it, it was my own property. I learned by managing my own. I, I didn't know anything about, it. I never stayed. I never had stayed in a vacation myself. So I learned a lot just by, um, by doing it, by educated, by reading, by talking to others, even the, my housekeeper at that time had stayed in vacation rentals in Florida. She helped me understand how to take the money, how to take deposits, security deposits, all that kind of stuff. I do believe that it is bet, the best way that we can learn in anything is to do it ourselves. And if, um, not everyone has the ability or interest, or I'd say, to buy a, 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 an investment property, right? As a real estate agent, it may not be something that people want to do or can do, and if you're not in a market um, where there's a, um, a vacation rental market, it would be difficult. Um, so here are the challenges: um, they, short-term rentals can be highly profitable because, unlike a monthly rental like an apartment, right? You're renting, you're getting three to four times that nightly rate because it's a short term rental, it's a vacation rental rental. Right. So, so that's the upside. The downside is you're turning that property 10 times a month po- possibly. So that's 10 different lease agreements, 10 different um, cleaning, maintenance supplies, all that kind of stuff. That's where I said earlier, there's a lot of moving parts in this business. Right. It's not like managing an apartment i actually am thinking about managing apartments because i think it'll be super easy (laughs) compared (laughs) to what we've learned in this uh, vacation rental business but um but the one thing is um i always tell people when they say well how do i start or how do i find a how do i pick a vacation uh, rental property um my most people will buy it with the intent that they're going to spend some of their own time in that property and they're going to rent it out the time they're not there for income and i say start with a place that you want to go to because if you want to go to you're going to enjoy it a lot more you're not going to worry as much about the income on those months that are a little slower maybe you'll get to spend more time there so there's that inherent benefit as well as um, the revenue so
0: and that answers a great question uh, because somebody listening amanda asked um, if you recommended buying in the same geographic location i think the answer you just gave is buy where you would want to go vacation and spend some time there and and do that so
1: and and it might sound crazy to some people uh to buy a vacation home that's within a short drive of your own home but i've found to be true in this market um that you can drive 30 minutes 45 minutes if you're going to a vacation home you're going to still feel like you're on vacation that plane trip or that 12-hour drive with kids screaming in the back seat is not necessary to get away
0: yeah that so yeah that was me growing up and the first time I took my wife up to where I grew up um, I said oh this is where we stay and we'd go camping and we'd swim in the lake here and she goes aren't we like 15 minutes from your house and I (laughs) I had never thought about that I kind of thought I go yeah I guess, guess we did but none of those memories mattered to to me growing up and and to you know so if you're thinking about the 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 Idea of a vacation, I think I agree with you. It doesn't matter where it's at.
1: Yeah. And there's so many benefits to being having your vacation home close to your own, uh, your everyday home because you can probably continue working. um, If your spouse um, has a job where they need to drive to an office every day, they can possibly still get there if it's within an hour or two as needed. Um, Kids, friends, you know, I raised my kids at this resort um, community and we would just pack up at the end of this the school year and go out for the summertime and their friends could still come for the day and hang out so um so yes in your own geographic area and depending on where you live but i can't imagine a state in this country that doesn't have a beautiful second home area within an hour or two right um, but the other thing to to consider is the the restrictions that a lot of communities are putting on short-term rentals and this is really, really important. So and it's changing all the time. So before someone buys a home or advises a client to buy a home that would become a second home, if they intend to rent it, they need to find out what the restrictions are in that community. It's changing all the time. And I know even here in our own community, there's pockets um, of municipalities here that we could not put in Airbnb properties. So it's you have to educate. A lot of communities don't like it. Um, some for very good reason um, but um, you know and even where we have properties I mean it's crossed my mind over the years you know are we too deep into this one resort? could it change right. tomorrow and absolutely it could but I also know we could sell those properties in yeah. a in a heartbeat if we had to so. Right. Um, so a
0: couple of questions so step one if they want to get into the vacation rental your recommendation is buy something yourself and something that you could Use because then, then you're more invested in learning the process. Do you recommend that people manage it themselves, or right out of the gate find a, a company like yours that would manage the property? Yeah, well, I'll stop there. I have more, but let's let's go. Yeah, now.
1: yeah. I think it depends on the person, and I mean, I would say pick a company like mine, of course, <laughs> um, because we see a lot of working mistakes. And you know, one of the mistakes that people commonly make is um, they don't own the uh, they don't own the property in an LLC. They're not protected in case of a an issue with um, an injury. I mean, we've never had anything like that in 12 years, but you just never know. Right? right. So, and then state sales tax. I mean, every, almost every state, you have to pay sales tax on those, on those rental, that rental income. So most people, I, I a lot of people are out renting their property on Airbnb. and They're not or Airbnb actually pays it for you, but some prop, some on their own, they're not, they don't know to do that. I think if people know to do it, they're gonna do it. But it's just, you have to you have to know all the ins and outs. It's very different from managing um, an apartment in a college town. So,
0: so the advantage though, again, because primarily we have real estate agents watching. If you wanna expand your business into property management and manage vacation rentals, you got your start by, doing it yourself and that was the that expedited the learning curve so you could yeah. better manage everybody else 100
1: percent, yeah <laughs> if you if it's something that you want to get into as a business um first of all doing it yourself there's no better way to learn right. um how to do that honestly there's a lot of intricate details but it's not rocket science it's not that hard you're managing people on vacation so set their expectations you know you manage the expectations um but, um, yeah, there was something else I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. So
0: my second question on top of that, you know, if you recommended managing yourself, if, if somebody did choose to manage it themselves for whatever reason, whether it's just theirs and they just want to do it or because they want to learn so they could start a property management and manage vacation rentals. You, you know, I maybe this I'm already thinking through the answer, but w- what's the time commitment that you would say somebody needs to kind of give themselves if they're managing just one vacation rental mm-hmm. in-
1: Yeah, that's in... a good question. And I used to think about that a lot, like how much time was I really spending on it? If you're managing one vacation rental, you're looking at an hour a day at the most. It's not that much work if you have your system. I'm all about having good systems, And um, but just one property, you pr- could probably pretty easy do two or three and it wouldn't be that much more time. So it's not a huge amount of time. The other thing I wanna mention too is, um, Going back to location, a second home for someone who lives um, in a rural area, a second home might be in an urban area. It might be in the city. I know a lot of people with second uh, like lake homes who are that's their primary home, and they get that um, urban pied de terre so they can go to the theater when we have a theater. They can right. do those kinds of things on the weekend and then go back to their lake home during during the week. So um, just something to think about doesn't have to be your traditional sort of vacation um, property. Right.
0: Well, and there's still opportunity, depending on your market, to rent those short-term rentals, you know. Even-
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. If the community allows it. They're less likely to allow it in urban areas, but the most of the very large metropolitan areas do allow it. It's where you get into those little communities, those gated communities, things, places like that, the restrictions are a little bit tighter.
0: Right, right amazing okay so going back then I, something you said in your introduction you started talking about when, when we started getting on realistic expectations of having multiple streams of income um, you mentioned four things i wrote down you mentioned you got to have a different business plan you got to you know you got to time block differently and manage your time differently and and you can't be afraid to invest you mentioned those things I kind of want to go back there because again, if we're trying to give someone some ideas of what they need to do now to go and, and think about investing, whether, and again, it's investing in, in owning the real estate or investing your business into managing short-term rentals, mm-hmm. it's still an investment and they still have to do this. I think those are things that apply to any business it expounds when you have two businesses, you know, but, but talk to me about that. The diff, because the fact that you mentioned it, how important is a business plan in all of this as as you're going into multiple?
1: Yeah, well, I think a business plan and a budget is very, very important because you have to have um, it's the guiding force, right? It's, um, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you go with a list, you know, you know what you're going to get, you know what the end goal is, right? And it's the same thing in business, you know, right. I don't know. I mean. One thing in business, honestly, in, real, in the real estate business, it's showing up. It's showing up every day. And don't so many agents I see kind of wait for the they wait for that phone to ring. They wait for the business to come to them. But I think the opposite that we have to go after, it. and the business is there. There's plenty of business for everyone. I 100% believe that. But so many people just don't show up. So have a plan. Have a structure to your day. Um, But before you even get to the day, have that have that 12 month plan, have a five year strategic plan. Um, Know what you're trying to achieve. And like like when I was talking about my vacation rental business and how we boiled it down to literally what I didn't say is I had a month monthly goal for the team, but I also had a daily goal and we had to get it down to that level in order for everyone to feel that they had something to work against. And I had them track it every single day. So in real estate, we might be tracking our phone calls, our emails, our leads that were our listing appointments. That's very, very important to track. But if you don't know what you're trying to get to, and that's where your business plan comes in, then tracking it is somewhat meaningless. Right. You know, so my team could have been tracking um, their sales every day, but if they didn't know what sales they were trying to achieve, they would have been like, "Eh, I don't know if this is important. You know,
0: what, what's so interesting about that? And maybe maybe um, my team, we can drum up some of these old, old slides. But for years, we, we would do a survey to agents who made over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We compared that to agents who made seventy thousand or less. Um, and the big discrepancies that was that was number one and two in our, in our presentation was number one was 250,000 agents 100% of the time have a written business plan that included a budget. I mean, exactly what Mm -hmm. you're saying. They had Mm -hmm. something to work against. And then, and then the other thing was all of them tracked daily metrics to make sure that they were in line with their business plan. So, um, so that's, that's amazing and in line with you've seen over and over with highly successful people. So, um, so you have to have a plan. And, and I also, just to insert again, what you said about, about setting goals for your team and the, the business plan and the budget and the goals. I mean, again, I'm trying to bring it back to the agents who have been asking us where do I invest? How can I invest? Um, you, you got to start with a goal, and then you got to write down a plan of where you want to be, just like Sarah was saying in five years, twelve years. and then what are you doing right now to get there? I think is a really important, really important thing. Um, how much time do you devote to each of your businesses?
1: Um, that is such a great question. It's been um, heavy on the vacation rental lately because um, it's just we we've been absolutely slammed because of the pandemic. And um, I'm super excited. I just hired another full-time and operations manager because of this, all the flows. I was able to snag a great um, uh, professional out of the hotel and hospitality industry. And so she's going to be really taking over a lot of the stuff that I've been involved in because I really want to extricate and focus on real estate because even though uh, the vacation rental business has carried us during this pandemic at the end of the day that real estate business is um, highly um, important very important to us and right. um, and profitable so so um, to answer your question it's probably been about 5050 i want it to be 80 percent real estate 20 percent maximum on the vacation rental but i but it's because i have a really good team i've got a i've got a great team managing that vacation rental business and part of my job as a leader and manager, and something I've really had to learn how to do is to let go and trust others to do their job and give them that authority and voice to make decisions without needing my involvement. So
0: yeah, well, that in and of itself is, is the advice that maybe somebody needed. That's, that's, that's important.
1: It's hard. Yeah. It's hard as entrepreneurs because we like to control things. We just do. <laughs> so we have to learn to learn to let go.
0: Yeah. And that is hard <laughs> uh, so okay i I kind of want to bring this back to um just based on some of the questions I'm seeing that are coming through. bring it back to someone going and buying an investment property um, mm-hmm. and and or <laughs> although there's a lot of questions too about if if they want to manage properties where do where do you find where do you find the rentals that either you're gonna buy or or that you want to, uh, or that you're going to try to manage the property for someone.
1: Yeah. Um, so, well, there's just so many different answers to that question. Um, we do um, we do direct mail. Um, we are uh, direct mail has been very successful for us. Um, but in this particular area that we have vacation rentals, in terms of getting, uh, and we do direct my direct mail about real estate but we end up picking up a uh, property to manage because we always put a little blurb in about that. We do a ton of email marketing. We capture email addresses everywhere we can. Um, We don't let someone off the phone without getting their email address because um, that's a very, very effective way to market. Um, So um, um, word of mouth, being involved in the community, um, we sponsor golf tournaments, you know, we just do anything to keep our name out there in front of people. Um, So Facebook, social media, I mean, there's just so many, so many different, we kind of do it all to be honest, but we also nurture our, our, like our top people, our VIP clients, we call them. Anyone that we've done business with in the past is a lead source, is a referral source for um, other people. So we highly, uh, we stay in very, very close contact with, um, anyone that we cross paths with. And so on, on some level, it might just be email. On other levels, it's it's um, wine tastings and dinners and lunches. You know what I mean? It just kind of depends on who those people are. And we categorize all of our leads, um, A, B, and C. And depending on their um, their ranking, they're gonna get different types and amount of uh, communication from us.
0: I, so I, I'd love to go on that tangent for just a second. Um, to tell me, what, what is your A-list, your B-list, your C-list, and how often do you communicate with each one?
1: Yeah, okay. So, our and, and I'm talking just about leads, not past right. clients. They wouldn't be categorized. Okay. They'd be categorized as past clients. So our A-leads are anyone that is ready to buy or sell a home right now. And we typically would have an appointment with them. If we don't have an appointment with them, our goal is to get that appointment. So we would call them a, a B-lead. Our B-people get a phone call um, or... Preferably a phone call, sometimes it's an email or a text. Text is good too for certain people, um, twice a month. And our Cs, um, once a month. The C leads are people that are a little further out, say 60, 90 days plus. You know that person that calls and says, hey, I'm thinking about selling my home. I just want you to I want to get your your thoughts on how we can get it prepared. Or I think I might want to buy a house. Keep your eyes out for, you know, something, but I'm not ready yet. Sure. Those are the C's. So they hear from us once a month, and they also might get regular listing updates from us by email. So B's are twice a month, C's are once a month. A's, um, the A's have an appointment with us already. Okay. So if we go on an appointment and we're not setting another appointment or schedule or getting a listing agreement or a buyer agency agreement, then that lead becomes a B lead again. And the goal is to make everyone an A.
0: Right.
1: And we know we get, we boil it down to how many appointments we need. A week in order to reach the annual goal that is um, that we write put in writing in our business plan. So, so you got that on eighties. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, that's amazing. So, I, so yeah.
1: a, you know, in a cold lead, um, a cold lead would be a C. Every, you know, a cold lead would be a C unless we know for a fact that that person is ready right now. So, if somebody calls us, let's say they see our website or something like that. I mean, chances are, if they're calling us, they're probably a B, they're probably pretty close, like 30 to 60 days they're gonna be buying or selling. Okay, and
0: and and so these are same, same kind of contact schedule for buyers and sellers then?
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, they're all categories the same. Mm-hmm. And then
0: your past clients, how often are you reaching out to them?
1: Oh, past clients um, need to hear from us twice a month, but it might be by email um, and, you know, there's different things we do with our past clients. So, one of the things we do is we have a VIP kind of referral program for our past clients. So, as soon as they close a deal with us, they are part of that club. They get an opportunity to, um, we do a, a really cool gift basket giveaway once a month. So, they hear about that. It's all by email. But if they win, they get to come into our office and we get to you know, talk with them while they pick up their gift. We try to get people to come into our office a lot. Okay. So, past clients, you know, we love them because even if they're not going to buy a seller or, sell or sell a home again for 10 years or maybe never, we want to, they're, they're fans at that closing table and we want to keep them as our, in our fan club by staying in close touch. Right. I love
0: that. We, we could have talked about just that system of follow-up for the full 45 minutes, I think. Um, yeah. so, and, probably- you know,
1: and, and we are, we're pretty strategic about it got a plan um i have my um administrative assistant she shoots out an email every monday to the whole team of this is an a week or it's a b week or a c week um and so everyone knows what week it is um i'm not gonna say we're perfect but i'm telling you we, you know we're a step ahead because we know what a, how to categorize our leads. We know the importance of following up with them. We're always looking for better ways and we're always looking for better ways to do it without spending a lot of money. <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's amazing. <laughs> um, are you using videos and emails as well? Are you doing any of that?
1: We do video on social media. So we do, um, in, in terms of like, uh, videos embedded in emails. That's something that's on our list. We're not experts at that yet. I got you. Not <laughs>
0: yet. I like that. Not yet. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have something to go work on before we have you back next and then we'll follow up with you. There
1: you go. Yeah. yeah. yeah give me a little time on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, um, I, I want to just touch a couple of times again on, on, on the investment. Do you have any criteria? Are you still buying? Vacation rentals, or are, you, or are you mostly focused on the, the, your other businesses?
1: Yeah, I would. I, I have three right now. I had four. Um, I sold one to one of our buyers who compared everything to mine. So I just finally said, just buy mine. You can have that one. So I'm at three. Um, I would. I'm tempted all the time. I mean, I'm pretty... Uh, I think I have a pretty good eye for seeing uh, a property that has good potential as a vacation rental. Um I like nice properties and I don't like to do a ton of work on them. So I'm not that I'm not that person that buys that falling down property and sees the vision. That's not me at all. Right. Um, but <laughs> I would buy absolutely uh if I saw a great opportunity. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, uh what let's just get a broad question of if you went back to give give yourself advice as you were starting both of these businesses starting a vacation rental a management company your residential real estate company also your personal investments what advice would you give that person um, if they were if they were in your shoes back in 2008 when you were first starting yeah. to look at all this
1: mm-hmm. okay that's a really good question number one i would have gotten my real estate license way sooner i really really pushed back on that. I had a lot of people along the way. T- in fact, some of my clients, I was managing their properties. They said, oh, you really should get into real estate. And I just had this image I couldn't get out of my head that um, is not really a true image, but it was in my mind and my stereotype. So I would have done that a lot sooner because that's been a really great business for me. Um, the other thing I really would have done, uh, I was like right out of the gate, I'd say within the first six months of, manage- of getting my real estate license, I hired someone help me in the office. So that I would I'm glad I did that. Um, I probably you know I, I could have done that sooner even in the in the vacation rental business. There was a point in that business when I realized if I got hit by a bus, literally nobody would know where the money is or where the keys are. <laughs> And I started writing down everything, every process, every system. And I put it on my desk and because no, I didn't have anyone helping me. And I, I think looking back, I would have, I should have probably hired somebody to assist in that business earlier. And it would have allowed me to, to, um, to branch out sooner. Um, and then the other part, the other advice I would give myself is just learn to be a, a good leader and manager um, earlier in the process, because that, that's been. Definitely My biggest growth area
0: is learning how to well and you said it multiple times um, that it was about the team and the people and you have a good team behind you and you have a um, I, I think you've said that throughout so so um, yeah I, I mean any any leadership books that you that you would say you've got to go read this one.
1: Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> I read so many good books. I read so many books. Um, oh gosh i i can't even at the top of my head think of what the best one is there's so all many right. a, right. tribe of mentors is a great book um tribe of mentors is a book it's is all i don't know if you're familiar with that book it's short essays and it's all the question you just asked if you could go back well how would you do things differently what have you learned in your own life and it's short essays um that's something that you could read with your team or with your teenagers you know um great book
0: so. right. well and and what a great recommendation that's why a lot of people are on here they want to hear they they want to do what you've done without all the pain of what you had to go through to do it. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, they, that's, that's kind of the, that that's the American dream, right? We want to, we want to do it without the pain and suffering. If we can learn from your mistakes then so great that that's great. Um, I, I, um, I guess, I guess my last question here, would be just a blanket. What what would you tell people with where they're at in their real estate business? And you have so much experience in every area. I feel like we need to have you back because I I would love to dig deep on your follow-up system and just in your real estate business, I think is very applicable to our audience. Um, but what, just go through the three, the, the, the two businesses that you have, and then maybe even uh, again on your personal investment. And the advice that you would tell somebody if they're going, I I, I want to be on the podcast in a few years, telling my story of all this success in my real estate business, in my property management business, and my personal real estate portfolio. In any advice you give on those three areas to people who want to get going?
1: um, shut up. I mean, you know, I think so often, like I said earlier, we just you know, people are attracted to this business of real estate because they, a lot of times I hear people like the flexibility and they don't realize the amount of work it takes to be successful. Um, that being said, um, you don't have to do it all yourself. And I see a lot of agents who are just frazzled and they are showing houses at nine o'clock at night. They're, I did this my first year. I I, got, I would. I remember a phone call I got at 11 o'clock at night from a client that put me in tears and my kids were like, mom, what the heck are you doing? What kind of a business is this? And that's when I realized that we can set boundaries with people and we can, and I tell my team your your day ends at, let's say seven o'clock, you communicate that up front to your clients. Of course, if there's an emergency, it can wait, but nothing good happens after seven o'clock in the evening (laughs) in this business. It's usually high emotion, something. So I say, manage your time, be very careful about your time during the day, be very productive. don't work seven days a week, take some time off, have other interests, have friends. Um, you know, don't give up on those things, but just be really structured during the day and be very mindful and planful about what it is you're trying to do. So um, you know, and, and get and get help, get assistance. Don't feel like you you have to do it all. So
0: right. Thank you so much. Well, um, Sarah, we should we should have you back on the show again to talk about, more in depth on your real estate side. But again, I, we, have had so many agents reaching out, asking about investment properties, asking about expanding their business beyond just the sales, residential sales. So, um, so, so some of that people are looking to expanded to commercial, some are looking, but property management seems to be kind of a one we hear a lot about, which is why yeah. this information was so great. for. Well, so- and I just
1: want to say, too, like vacation rentals, like we hear about investment properties and everybody thinks it's those, um, you know, those four families in the city or, you know, whatever. It's different in every community of those little houses, the $50,000 houses. There's a there's a there's a there's different ways to look at uh, real estate investment. And so maybe the idea of a vacation rental is something people wouldn't typically think about. So. Right. Some-
0: but I mean, the extra work with all that extra, you know, three, four, five, ten times what you're getting on a on a monthly rental, um,
1: makes yeah. it a very
0: appealing investment property, uh, if you can. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, so,
1: absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you so much for all of that information about all of those things. For those that are listening, I hope that you wrote down a few of the key things. There were so many things. There was that that small. You know, tangent of follow up. I hope you got that of categorizing your lists and your leads into an a, B, and C list. And Sarah went through and told told us those things. that was that was pretty amazing. Um, and then just about getting into the rental and property management space, I think it's a great it's a great place to look to as you look to expand your business. Um, Sarah, if you could hang out on the show, I'm gonna wrap things up with the audience and then and then if we could chat kind of a post show chat here. But for those of you listening, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we appreciate the time that you put into this. We hope that you grabbed the gold nugget that you needed from that. If not, go back and listen to it because there was a lot of cool things that Sarah had to share in there. Um, we're going to be back on Wednesday with Jeremy Back, who is a specialist. He's done a lot in his business, but he really likes to focus in What on Friday. I got you. Thanks, Andrew, for chiming in there on, on the 10th. That's right. On Friday, so um, Jeremy is really specializes in the pre foreclosure. has a lot of experience, not just through the last recession when everyone was doing short sales, but that's continued in his business. So he'll be on Friday. Um, For those of you that want to continue the conversation about investments, about about vacation rentals, about anything that we've talked about today, you can do that on. Places either in our customer forum, forum.theRedX.com. If you're a customer, if you're not a customer but you like following the content, then you could join the Facebook group, um, the Elite Prospectors. You could. We'll post links for both of those things in the in the comments. But please join us in those places because we'd like to continue the conversation, and we'd even invite Sarah. There's people who are going to ask questions. I'm sure we miss some of the questions. I try to try to jump in there and, and ask those as part of what we we're talking about. But if there's more questions, then how would they reach out to you or find you or where where can they where can they learn more about what you do?
1: Yeah, they can actually go to our website. Um, it's com. Our vacation rental website, which might be of particular interest, um, you can find it. Actually, there's a tab in the real estate website to that, but it's also separately under Sarah Bernard Chalet's. C-H-A-L-E-T-S.com. You can see all of the properties that we manage and how we manage them. There's a ton of information there. There's a contact form and my phone number is on both sites. So certainly welcome to reach out by email, phone, whatever.
0: Awesome. Happy, Happy to chat. Thank you, Sarah. And thanks for everybody. And we'll see you on Friday, 1.30 Mountain.